Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It's time for how to uh, when we address all sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today is how to homeschool your child. Catherine Monaghan is contact officer of the Home Education Network. Catherine, good afternoon to you. Hello. Uh, I, it would it be the case, Catherine, that after uh, the uh, after COVID, that there's more people doing it now because a lot of like a lot of people were doing it not through choice anyway during the pandemic yes definitely um i think there was an increase of at least a third maybe in the numbers that were registered after right. covid yeah so some people who kind of found that their kids were happier at home um and were doing better maybe less anxiety that kind of thing who ended up then taking the plunge and you know keeping them at home right so that, yeah. uh, this is thousands of people um this? no there's i think in the country at the moment there are maybe 2000 children registered mm. to home educate and another another kind of just under 2000 on the waiting list to be assessed Okay, so yes. you do have to, and and waiting to be assessed, does that mean you you can't do it yet until you are assessed? No, you can go ahead. So the the process generally, if you decide to take your child out of school or you decide not to send them to school, once they're six, they have to be registered with TUSLA if you want to home educate. So the first thing you do is you download a form online, fill it out, send it into TUSLA. They'll acknowledge receipt of your application once they've acknowledged receipt of your application, you're legally covered then to home educate. And they'll kind of let you know then that they're going to send an assessor out at some point. But that often that you could be waiting a year or more sometimes for that assessment. But you're covered meanwhile to okay. home educate. I don't know if that's, uh, if that's a relievingly easy or slightly disturbing, really, and that there's, there's no well, oversight at all. Uh, <laughs> on, on the form, what kind of things do they ask you? They'll ask you, um, you know, what what are your plans for your child? What are you going to provide? How much time are you going to spend? But realistically, they know that every family is very different. They know that there are all kinds of ways to home educate, ranging from sitting at your kitchen table from, you know, nine till two doing school, following a school curriculum Mm. to, you know, being completely child led and, you know, just having learning as part of your life and not having a schedule or using curriculum at all. Um, So it's actually a good thing that there's a bit of a wait, to be honest, because let's say someone has just pulled their child out of school. It's going to take them a while to figure out what they're doing. So Mm. Tusla kind of say that even if there was no backlog, they would still wait a few months before coming to see somebody because you might pull your child out of school and it might take you months to kind of figure out, you know, what you might like to do now. And also, you know, things change. People fill out the form and they have these ideas about what they're going to do. Once they have some experience of home educating, you know, they realise that maybe that plan isn't what things are going to look like in in real life. That might not work for their child. There might not be that type of learning might not suit them at all. They might have to change that completely. Uh, So so when Tuzla comes to do that, and is it a physical inspection or? Well, it varies. So they can come to your house, but they don't have to. You can arrange to meet them somewhere else. Um, They are not, you're not even obliged to have your child with you, actually. It's really... It's more the parent that they're assessing. Sure. I feel like they're they're really kind of they want to make sure that you are providing a, what they call a certain minimum education for your child. So they really want to see that you're facilitating your child in learning and moving forward. No one's testing your child to see what level they're at or, you know, are they doing this at this stage or are they, you know, reading at fifth class level or doing sixth mm. class maths or whatever. It's yeah. no one tests the child at all. OK, so but, but is there any, anything roughly like a curriculum now? Because we're still talking about national school ages anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, but there, it, 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 would there be any sort of expectation that because, you know, I suppose most parents would think if they're in, you know, first class, they're starting to be able to read to some degree. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to, you can follow the national curriculum. That's all available online. And some mm. people do, but not many, because for a lot of people, the benefit of home education is they can tailor an education to their child. So most people might, um, they would pick and choose, you know, like for me, for example, when my son was younger, I, we were living in Australia at the time. I would look at the Australian curriculum, you know, roughly what things are happening this year, roughly what concepts, what topics are, you know, what's happening with each subject. And then I would find a way to cover that information in a way that worked for him and mm. for me that we both enjoyed. So that might be we, we rarely used textbooks. You know, sometimes we did for, you know, for maths or whatever. But um, a lot of the time that might be, you know, for history, say, you know, rather than reading a textbook about World War Two, we would, you know, we'd go on excursions, we'd read lots of historical fiction, we'd, you know, do various projects and research. Mm. So it's really about tailoring to your child. Yeah. But, but say when you're educating your son, then yeah. did you even split, did you split it into subjects? Without necessarily uh, saying it's time for this now, uh, that, that there were certain subject topics you wanted to cover. Yeah, well, there's a lot of flexibility because mm. if your child's interested, say, in, you know, World War Two, you can cover a lot. You can, you know, like we would actually base a lot of our work around our history. We would kind of use our history book as a bit of a spine. Okay. So we would, you know, whatever, if we were doing a certain period of history, we might read other kind of, you know, historical fiction and other fiction, other literature from that period. We might do some geography tied in with that. So, you know, and in the reading, then you can cover a lot of your kind of vocabulary, grammar, writing, you know. So actually, I would try and blend a lot as much as I could rather than have distinct subjects. Yeah, Uh, I suppose. But as you say, maybe mathematics is a bit more difficult to integrate. that. Yeah, it is a bit more difficult. Historical fiction involving maths. It is. But there's a lot of other ways to do maths, too. And a lot of children, um, you know, a lot of especially younger children, there's a lot of maths that just happens in everyday life, too. But we also we had storybooks for maths, too. You know, there's Mm. a lot of other a lot of other ways to do maths rather than sit down and do, you know, 50. I often find for my son, you know, the the reward for figuring out a formula was that you had to do 50 of the same problem, you know, when you just figured out how to do it. That's how a lot of textbooks work. Yes. Um, Which is not very enjoyable. (laughs) No, uh, no doubt about that. uh, And so, like, would you, and I'm sorry I'm concentrating on you, but I suppose as you say, uh, parents will have completely different systems depending on what suits them and their child. Mm -hmm. Do you have set times of the day or how does it work? Well, it kind of varied depending on on what stage my son is at. He's 17 now and he, we're not actually home yeah. educating anymore now. Yeah. So um, when he was younger, like when we started out, it would have been a very small amount maybe of kind of set time. He was learning to read and write and doing a bit of maths and, you know, you know, a bit little, a little bit of lots of things. But most of the time would have been, you know, playing, meeting friends, reading stories, getting outdoors, going and meeting other uh, kids who home educated, other families. And then as he kind of progressed through primary school, I suppose we would have, spent a little bit more time on structured work. But that might be, you know, that might be a couple of hours in the morning and then the afternoon we would have been out, you know, we would maybe go into an art class or go into basketball or whatever, you know, Mm. meeting friends. And, you know, the days that we would have had longer days um, would have been because we would have had other days off during the week, you know. So it was very, very flexible. So it was like a schedule, but very flexible. And then as he got to his teenage years, I would do more, like I might set some work for us to do in the morning together. And then he would be free for the rest of the day to do whatever he wanted. But if he was working on something of his own, say, say like he went through a phase of doing model trains. So if he was really engrossed in something, to me, that learning and that work of his is just as important as what I have planned. So if he had something planned for himself already, then I would leave him to do that. But if he had nothing planned, I would say, well, here's, you know, I've got something for us to do. Yeah. Uh, 
And would he like just be a teenager sometimes and just go, Mom, I yeah, don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. There's normal, you know, I think home education often is just an extension of parenting, really. Yeah. Um, so, of course, but, you know, we're very free to say, well, yeah, OK, let's just go out for the day. Yeah. Let's go drive an hour and a half to visit some friends or let's go to the beach or let's take a week off if we want to, you know. We would often go through phases where we might be quite, you know, structured maybe for a few weeks, then we would take a week or two off. Mm. And so, just... so then when he, when, um, when he was 12, into his teenage years, did, yeah. did, did he go to school then or, or did you no, homeschool all the way through? he's never been to school. Right. And yeah. so is there any requirement on you for him to sit any of the state exams? No. Ah. Oh. No. Um, so some some people do, but a lot of home educated families uh, would kind of find other ways, other pathways into third level. So uh, like FETAP courses or QQI, what would have been PLC courses, mm. um, you know, in the past. So you can actually access a lot of university courses using those like a level five FETAP course or QQI. They're called now um, would be the equivalent to a Leaving Cert. Um a lot of kids would use those, like, say, for example, one of his friends did the level five pre-nursing course and then use that to apply to nursing in UCD. And she's uh-huh. there now doing her nursing. So yeah. some courses are harder to get into than others in that way. But um, most most home ed families would access third level that way. You can do a leaving cert, but it's become trickier with classroom based assessments. And mm, yes, of course. Of yes, yeah. yes, of course. And so you did mention friends a lot there. And I suppose that might be a, a question people would have that, you know, the, the, the natural uh, yeah. social pool isn't there. Yeah, people always ask about socialisation. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I've ever met a home ed family who aren't very sociable. Um, you know, unless you're staying at home all of the time and not seeing any family or friends, you know, you're living out in the world. You're going to the shops, you're going to the post office, you're going to the library, you're meeting your friends, you're playing out on the road, you're, you know, you're going to your grandparents, you're meeting your cousins. It's normal life, normal social life. If anything, I've found actually trying to stay home, like trying to find time to stay home and do work was the the issue. <laughs> uh, someone wants to know, did you teach Irish? no. I didn't know, um, but we lived in Australia until my son was almost twelve. So oh, okay. even if he went to school, he would have been exempt. <laughs> would have anyway. been, yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, this is a few questions from listeners. At any stage of the kids being homeschooled, inspected to see if they even like it. Apart from that initial <laughs> Tuzla uh, thing, does uh... um, no? Well, nobody else is coming to ask if they like it. But I guess for most parents, if your kids were really not liking it, then you're not going to have a nice environment at home, so you'd consider school. I always it was always an option. If my son really wanted to go to school, we absolutely would have considered it, and most families would take that approach. Yeah. Uh, somebody else want now. We've kind of covered this. Do, uh, do you do exams if homeschooled? Well, as as you heard there, uh, not necessarily. Uh, the um, uh, how do you know? That's this is an interesting point. How do you know if your child is meeting the standards other kids? kids their age are meeting. So say at the end of the process, the child might say, I'm, you know, 17 now. I want to go do yeah. a FETAC course. How, how do you know that they're kind of able to uh, uh, reach the requirements for that? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, you know where your child is at. I never felt a need to kind of test or examine my son in any way because I knew where he was at because we were working together all the time. So um, when it came time to, you know, he's in college now, and, you know, he went along, did an interview, put in his application and, you know, I just sent him off kind of hoping for the best that he was equipped. And he was, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and most home ed kids actually do really well in third level because they're very self-directed. They're used to working on their own steam. They're there because they really, you know, this is what they've really chosen to do. Mm. Um, and they've had a very, most of them have had a very positive experience of learning. You know, they're learning what they want to learn a lot of the time. And, yeah. um 
Yeah. Uh, if though, if say a parent, for whatever reason, uh, suddenly finds it a struggle, mm-hmm. uh, it, can you go anywhere for help? And if you, if you still want to keep homeschooling, you know, are there resources there to help people? There aren't really any, you know, there's no no resources supplied by the government. Yeah, but yeah. there are, you know, there are support networks. I mean, I certainly would have had a huge amount of support from my friends who are home educating. You know, we'd bounce a lot of ideas off each other and, you know, keep each other going, share information. But there is, I mean, in Ireland, there's the Home Education Network, mm. um, which you mentioned earlier on. Yeah. So we provide, um, you know, support, try and put people in contact with other people, try and help people out when they need it, um, offer a bit of advice and solidarity. Yeah. And would it, I mean, maybe it's kind of easier in Dublin than Galway and Cork, but Mm. if you live in a more rural area, it might be more, and you'd like to have contact with other people who are homeschooling is can that be a bit more tricky yeah absolutely I mean I, I mean I live in Wicklow and even I found when we moved back from Australia there was a lot of driving to do to you know to yeah. find kind of teenage friends for my son you know so certainly is I mean it you know it is a bit isolating I guess if you're not you don't have that instant community with school it takes a little bit more effort mm. to uh, you know and and driving to um to find a crowd maybe yeah. you know depending on where you live well then again any parent homeschooler or not will find there's a lot of driving involved yeah there's that's, always that's a lot true. of driving that's involved uh, yeah. somebody wants to know uh, did you uh, need to brush up on the likes of algebra say <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I came out of this experience much more educated than I was when I came out of school to be yeah. honest you know so it's not like you're suddenly thrown into doing kind of second year or third year chemistry or algebra you know I mean I worked I got there gradually with my son so I'm learning things as we go along and there are so many resources online you can look everything up yeah, there's there are so many, you know, websites, blogs, books, there's Google, you know, I mean, there's people around, you know, as well uh, to help. Yeah. So I suppose if, if you know, the child when they're 15 or whatever, say, you know, I reckon I want to go to school. I want to do pure physics. Yeah. Uh, and the parent is a numerous. Uh, there's some way of muddling through this to Absolutely. help them get to that point. Yeah. And when you think about it as an adult, if you take up a hobby. And you get, you know, you're kind of gung ho into it. You're Googling, you're watching YouTube videos. You find a way and you become absorbed in that thing that you're interested in for a little while. Children do that, too. You know, we see that all the time with children, you know. So I feel as well, the important thing is making sure that your children know how to learn. So and giving them confidence in their ability to learn and find information for themselves, because then they can learn anything. I know that if my son was desperate to go and study physics, that whether I could teach it to him or not, you know, I would help him find resources. He would find resources and he would get there. You know, we've all seen when people are driven and have the space and support to do what they want to do, that they Mm. can do great things. At the it's people who did now, I suppose you can't answer on behalf of all the people who decide to do this, but it, it, would there, among homeschooling parents, would there be a general view that there's something lacking in the formal education system? I think it varies from family to family. You know, some parents choose to home educate because, you know, it, it's kind of a proactive choice. They want a particular type of education or a particular type of experience for their children. And then others maybe pull their children out of school because of, you know, a bad experience in school or their their child's not happy or they're not happy with something in, you know, with the education that's being offered. Um so, sorry, I actually I can't remember what your yeah, question is, was. Is there a general view there's something lacking in the more formal oh, education um, system? I, for some people, for sure, yes. Some people would feel that, but not everybody. Some people, it's might maybe because they don't have access to a school that has a, a philosophy that they agree with, mm. um, or maybe their you know their child is unable to go to school, or their child is anxious and and not managing with school, or they're just happier at home. Whereas mm. the parent might feel the education system is perfectly adequate, but most people just want their children to be happy and have the best opportunities that they can. 
Catherine, thanks a million for coming in to us today. That no was uh, Catherine Monaghan there, uh, contact officer of the Home Education Network. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.